Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. All right, Frederico, what is happening this week? This week we're chatting with Nick Nimmin from the channel Nick Nimmin. Instead of thinking, you know, how do I get more subscribers? You should be thinking, how can I add more value to the people that are watching my videos? Now, Nick is a guru on YouTube and teaches people how to use YouTube properly. And he teaches people how to use YouTube like a pro. Hey, uh, before we get started, if you like this podcast that we've put together for you, please let us know on Apple Podcasts by leaving a review. We'd love to hear what you think about it. And Ant will personally hug everybody who gives us a five-star review, so that is his guarantee to you. socially distanced virtual hug. Exactly. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Welcome to Creator Generation. This week, we have Nick Nimmin joining us. Nick, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk about YouTube as always. Love YouTube. It's an amazing platform. You know, we have an awesome opportunity as content creators to be able to put our stuff out there. So super pumped to, uh, you know, talk to you guys today. Fred, we're going to have to bring the energy. Today. I know. That, that's, um, pretty, match that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I can turn it down a little bit. <laughs> <No. if you're laughs> like. Do you, man. You got to do, do you. Um, oh, I feel hey. inadequate. <laughs> Gee up, Fred. Gee up. Hey, um... Hey, Nick, who are you? Like, wh- who are you and what do you do? Because I stopped doing that introduction piece many, many, many episodes ago because I <laughs> made a fistful of it. So please, please tell us who, who are you and what do you do? Um, so I'm Nick. I teach people how to grow YouTube channels, make videos and all types of other YouTube and video related topics. Um, at the core of all of that, though, I'm also a content creator in terms of I just love making stuff. Um, so because I love making stuff, that also gives me the opportunity to, you know, be in the shoes of the people that I'm trying to help with the content that I make. And uh, it allows me to kind of flex my creative muscle in terms of just always being in the process of, you know, just making stuff. And I think that, like I mentioned uh, before, you know, with uh, YouTube, we have with with all things, you know, with YouTube, with blogs, with, um, you know, podcasts, with all of it, we have such an amazing opportunity right now that, you know, a lot of us, you know, that are t- having this conversation right now didn't have, you know, like, a, you know, when we were growing up, as an example, and uh, we have this amazing opportunity and uh, to, you know, work on the internet or to at least have our voice heard by other people on the internet and share whatever messages that we have. And uh, because of that, I see that opportunity that I take and I try to help as many people as I possibly can be able to also tap into that opportunity because it's such an amazing thing. I know for me, it's changed my life completely. I know for a lot of my, uh, you know, friends on YouTube, the uh, industry of YouTube and YouTube itself has, you know, made just massive impacts in the lives of a lot of people that I know. And uh, I just try to, you know, help other people be able to tap into that as much as possible. Well, speaking of growing up, how did how did it all start for you? How did you get onto it? Yeah, so basically, um, I came onto YouTube, had no idea what it was that I was doing, and the only thing that I knew at the time was that I was I, I needed to collect email addresses. So I had a uh, a design service that I was doing with my brother. It was actually like a media thing. We we're doing like video editing, and just my thing was design. And um, basically, we picked up some difficult clients, and we live in Thailand. We're not in America, so. With those difficult clients, we had the conversation of like, you know, we're both creative people. We love making stuff. 
we love, you know, just doing that whole thing, but these clients are really kind of sucking the life out of us, so to speak, and they were contract clients. And unfortunately, because we don't live in the States, if we just, you know, cancel those clients or we walk away from those types of things, then, you know, we can't just go get a job in order to, you know, kind of replace things, you know, to replace those clients or tide us over, so to speak. So during that conversation, we were like, okay, we don't want to, we don't want to do this anymore. So what can we do? And neither of us had an answer. So we both started exploring different things things. And one of the things that I started exploring was internet marketing. And when I was exploring internet marketing, uh, basically one of the things that people kept saying or information that I kept running across at that time was people having great success on YouTube with generating emails. Mm. And the only thing that I was thinking at the time was, you know, okay, well, if this is working for people, then, you know, maybe it's something that I should try. But then I had this wall that a lot of people run into of, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to be, you know, that person that, you know, is putting myself out there. And, you know, what if somebody that I know sees this? And I even kept it a secret from my brother for a while. But, uh, you know, what if somebody that I know sees this? What if, uh, you know, what if it doesn't work out? What if I get people hating on me in the comments because, you know, I'm not, you know, 16 years old and I'm going on YouTube and, you know, like that sort of thing. All those obstacles that, you know, some people have when they hop on YouTube. And I didn't like it took me a while internally to actually fight through like, okay, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And then I decided to pull the trigger on it, so to speak. And, um, and then I made the first video on how to overcome camera shyness. And that was simply just to share how I overcame my camera shyness to help other people do the same thing. And I didn't really have a plan. Like I, I had zero, you know, there's no content strategy. There was no anything. The only thing that I, that I had at that point in time was that I needed to collect emails. And when I came on, luckily, I had the experience from doing the design to where I could make good thumbnails out of the gate. I had a little bit of video editing experience from doing the media stuff. I had a little bit of video production from doing the media stuff. So I was able to take those skills and apply them to what it is that I was doing on YouTube. I also had a lot of sales experience um, from my previous life, which also you know is great when you are on YouTube and you're having to monitor what's coming out of your mouth. Basically, all of those things um, gave me like a good start, but I didn't really have an idea of what to do. And I was just uploading random content. So I did how to overcome camera shyness. I was doing content on like how to stay productive when you're working at a coffee shop. Because, you know, in, in my experience at the time, like those are things that I was going through. So I was sharing that kind of information. And uh, I was also doing like how to come up with video ideas and, and that sort of thing. But I wasn't actually targeting anybody. I was just making videos about things that were, uh, you know, related to what I was, you know, going through in my life and little problems and my, you know, processes that I was solving and that sort of thing thing. And then a friend of mine in the YouTube space, now a friend, um, he was crossing 100,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. And he uh, basically put out a video and said, hey, uh, if my content has ever done anything for you, make a video, let me know what it's done and just kind of explain, you know, your story and that sort of thing. And if it's, uh, you know, if it's something good, then it might show up in the video. And I made that video and really quick, he got back to me and he's like, hey, man, I looked at your channel. Um, first off, I saw your video. It was fantastic. How you present on camera, the quality of everything was fantastic. And I think that you're really limiting yourself on the particular type of content that you're doing at the time. Um, I want to work with you on another channel because I think that you like really have a chance on the platform. And for me at the time, you know, I had 150 subscribers on my YouTube channel. So I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, one, I've been learning from him on YouTube. Two, he's crossed 100,000 subscribers. He's always talking about working with these brands and stuff. So this is like a huge opportunity. 
absolutely, I'm in, I'm going to take this. And I ended up doing that project with him. And it took me um, about nine months um, of working on that channel to completely exhaust myself and completely burn myself out to the point to where I was waking up and I was working on the design stuff during the day. At nighttime, I was, uh, I was working on my YouTube channel. And with that type of content, I was uploading uh, like two to three videos per week and it was educational content. So what I had to do is I had to research all the content and then I had to understand it enough to where I could condense it down into, you know, just consumable content for YouTube and then put the videos together and all of that. So my entire day was consumed with doing stuff um, in order to, you know, hopefully be able to, you know, take this opportunity of YouTube. And it got to the point to where, Basically, I would wake up every day and I would just be like, you know what, I, I just I, I just don't even know if I can do it today. <laughs> and uh, and then I had to come to that crossroads to where I said to myself, OK, I see YouTube because the channel started doing great. Like it started picking up really fast and all of that. It started doing great. Um, so I'm like, OK, I'm at this crossroads to where I can stay on YouTube or I can just kind of walk away from everything and just say, okay, I'm, you know, maybe I should just go back to the design service and just kind of do that. Um, and I decided because I was hooked on the whole YouTube thing, I decided to take the YouTube route, but I knew that I couldn't maintain both of those things because I wasn't making money off of YouTube yet. So what I did is I came back to my current YouTube channel. And I know you just asked for how I got started, but I'm taking you through the whole journey real yeah, quick. No, but uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, you know, I came back to my current channel because I didn't upload there for nine months. Um, I came back to my current channel and I kind of went back to doing what I was doing before in terms of just sharing information that I was going through um, at the time, which was that transition into YouTube. Now, I wasn't doing YouTube like strategy type content or anything like that. I was just talking about video ideas and, you know, how to set up your YouTube channel, you know, just kind of basic stuff like that. And then I made an SEO video. People loved that SEO video. And that that video got a lot of comments on it compared to the other content that I was making. People in that uh, particular video started, you know, asking, hey, make more videos like this, make more videos like this. And I did what YouTube recommends, which is follow the audience, right? Just like the algorithm. I'm like, okay, if this is what they want, then I'm just going to, you know, continue on this path. And I'm just going to kind of let, you know, the audience dictate the direction that I, uh, that I go with this thing. And then over time, um, it just got more and more detailed. Um, I understood more and more of the platform and I was able to express that through the content that I was putting out and through live streams and things like that. And because I was able to express my knowledge of the platform, people started reaching out for consulting and things along that nature. And I did, I wasn't doing consulting and I had never like on my list. Remember I'm on here just to collect emails and people are asking me for consulting. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how I've, I've, I don't know how to consult. I've never done anything like that before. And so for the first like nice handful of people, I turned them down. I was like, sorry, don't do that. And then um, I had one person and I responded uh, in the email and I'm like, you know, I'm like, just to be straight up with you, I've never done anything like that before. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, hey, I would love to be the first person that you work with. And I'm like, OK, let's do it. And uh, and we ended up getting really good results on their YouTube channel. And that gave me the confidence to start kind of walking down that road. And then, you know, over time, I started saying yes to those emails and, um, you know, started really digging my heels into, uh, you know, YouTube and, you know, consulting and all that. And which right now, just as a side note, I'm taking a break on consulting to work on some personal projects. But, you know, I'm just saying that real quick. But um, basically, the uh, the transition there was extremely valuable to me because, once I started doing consulting and doing channel reviews for people and things like that at that time, 
the awesome thing that happened was it gave me access to a lot more data than just the two channels that I that I had access to. And as you guys know, when you start getting access to more and more data, all the light bulbs start going off like crazy because all of those absolutes that you think are universal all of a sudden become really personalized to each channel. And you start trying to apply, you know, hey, this particular channel, um, I'm going to put faces in all the thumbnails because that's what typically works, you know, on this type of content. But then you try it and it's like, man, why isn't this, why isn't this working? Why are, you know, why aren't people clicking on these thumbnails? And then you, and then you start trying to focus on like, let's say for example, the food instead of the actual person. And then all of a sudden, you know, people start clicking on those thumbnails more, just little details like that. You start having all of these epiphanies in terms of how personalized um, YouTube is for each audience, for each content creator, how the audience responds to that creator and all the things like that. And then now we're here. You know, I'm talking to you guys, you know, hanging out here on the podcast, you know, and going through, uh, you know, this whole thing. So um, that's pretty much the, you know, starting point, what got me into it and, and uh, you know, rough, you know, rough, quick version of the uh, of the journey. How many years did we just cover in that that uh, little anecdote? That was about two, <laughs> two years. Yeah, two, two, and a half years. two years of your life at the warp speed. It felt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, you, you mentioned something pretty interesting that um that you you for like nine months on this new channel you were like gone hell for leather um it wasn't really like returning an, a, an income as such but you, you it was growing and it like almost burnt you out but you still loved it oh like, you hear yeah. that all the time like people are like oh you know even if they're like not getting anywhere with their youtube channel like people are like i just love youtube and creating youtube content like what 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 the hell's going on there like why where what is what do you like for yourself but also like all these other other creators out there that are sort of like what do you think is like the love that comes with it i i think that it's the at least for me i mean i can't speak for everybody but for me i think that it's the the idea of being able to make something and then, you know, you put your time and effort and, and, and you think it's cool. You're like, you know what? I think people are really going to like this. And then you publish it. And then when you publish it, you know, even if it's three comments, right, three comments come in and they're like, you know, hey, this is a great video or, you know, hey, this is awesome or whatever it happens to be. Just that little bit of feedback just starts kind of solidifying that feeling of like, you know, like, hey, sweet. I'm making something and people are enjoying what it is that I'm making or I'm getting positive feedback from that. And I think that, you know, just as humans, we get dopamine hits from that. <laughs> and it's kind of like, a, you know, hey, I'm getting approval from, you know, these random people on the Internet. And uh, and and it feels amazing. So, you know, I'm taking my creativity and I'm applying it to what it is that I'm doing or my message or, you know, whatever it is, you know, for the type of content that people share. But it's like I'm taking, you know, my creativity and I'm kind of packaging it up in the way that I think is cool. And then I'm putting it out there and then I'm getting, you know, a response from that. And then I start having people not only leave comments, but then they start, you know, coming back and they're leaving comments on other videos. And then you start growing this community. And over time, the whole thing just starts morphing to where you start, you know, really feeling like, wow, people are really into what it is that I'm doing. I'm doing something good or I'm doing something, you know, that that other people are also enjoying. So I can just make something from my home and I can put it on the Internet and people are, you know, responding to, you know, that, you know, whatever content it is that I'm uh, that I'm making. And I think in the in the case and, and I'm just theorizing in this particular situation, but I think in the case of people that even if they're not getting a response on their channel, I think that um, the creation process by itself 
is also extremely liberating. Um, just, you know, it's the same reason people, you know, paint and the same reason people make music that nobody will ever hear. The same reason that people, you know, will, you know, write, uh, you know, journals and things like that, that they, you know, that they have a connection of some type to, even though people might not ever see it. It's just that vice, or, I don't know if vice is the right word, but it's just that process of letting all of that creativity and and, and all of, you know, just on the brain dump, so to speak, of, you know, letting that creativity, um, you know, out of your, out of your brain. What about creators who don't create around passion? They just create around because they just think it's a good idea or think it's popular. Um, with that, I think that they get sucked into it because I think that once you do start getting that feedback, um, I think that, you know, it's that same type of thing starts to happen to where, you know, even if you create because it's popular, but it's not something to where you're passionate about it, um, I think that you can quickly get passionate about it as soon as you start getting that positive feedback. You know, that like, okay, let's, let's put this into like another reference. Okay, so let's say you go shopping and you get a new shirt and you wear that shirt out. You're, you feel great about it. Hey, I'm putting on this new shirt. I'm going out. You know, I'm going to, you know, go to this particular place and I'm going to make sure I wear that new shirt. And then you go there and people are like, oh, hey, I like that shirt. Hey, I like that shirt. You start feeling great about it. And then maybe the next time you're at the mall, you're like, hey, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure that I get another color because people really enjoyed that shirt, felt great on me. And I think that that's part of being a, a content creator is that, you know, you, you start to um, get connected to, you know, some of those feelings in addition to being able to express yourself. It's like you're getting approval for just being you. And even if you're not passionate when you first start, I think that, you know, it kind of sucks you in, so to speak, to where you actually become passionate about what it is that you're doing because of, you know, those types of things. That is interesting. It works that, that, that other way of looking at it. That is, that is really interesting. And, but do you ever have um, anyone who comes to you and says, you know, I've, I love the creative process, but I sort of hate what I'm <laughs> making content about. Sure, absolutely. And I think that that also happens with creators who have been doing it for a long time. Because, you know, it, depending on the type of content that you make, um, you know, there's stresses that are involved with it. Because you, like, when you're first starting, your brain is exploding with ideas. You know, you're, you're like, oh, man, I, I, I can make a million videos, all these different ideas that I have. But as you go through the process of making all those videos, you fade to, you know, two years later. In that situation, it's like, okay, now this is starting to get hard. Now I have to not only make videos that that I'm enjoying making, but I also have to make sure that I'm keeping in mind how the audience is responding to them. So then there's all of a sudden an intrusion on your creative process because, you know, you're not just doing at that point in time exactly what it is that you want to do. In some cases, you're, you know, some people can pull that off, but um, for others, you know, you're not necessarily doing exactly what it is that you want to do because people don't respond to it. So because of that, you have to do minor tweaks, which then impedes on your creative process, which then can kind of take away, um, you know, some of that, you know, passion and some of those feelings. And then after a period of time, your content is morphed into something that um, that, you know, you might not have planned for and you might not necessarily be happy with it. But you're still in that situation where you're like, okay, well, this is still something that I love. I still love creating. And then you come to this kind of wall of sorts. And I think this right here is where people either burn out or they quit or they decide to just keep going and try to figure out a way to uh, make it work for them. But when you hit that um, that particular wall, I think that that's a really important um, uh, point in time on a, on a creator's journey because as soon as that passion leaves – then you start, you know, your audience looks different to you. Your content looks different to you. When people reach out to you for things, it looks different to you. And before, or, or like 
when you hit that wall, that's where you have to, you know, start making that decision in terms of how you're actually looking at everything and making sure that you're actually appreciating the opportunity that you have, you know, to, you know, to be able to, to, to do what it is that you, that you, uh, that you love. Now, the reason we were asking is because we're doing a special in a, in a couple of weeks on, on passion, because there is a bit of a debate, you know, people, you know, YouTube always says create around passion, but there are people who are like, you know, you're not in the grind and sometimes it's hard. And do we make more popular videos or do we make, you know, what's the, what's the strategy around that? So I'm, I'm just always interested to hear what, what uh, different people have to say about it. I, I think with that, I think it also, because there's some people that, you know, they do it um, not because it's popular, but they do also do it because it's it's money. Mm. You know, some people do it because they're like, hey, I'm just going to go on here so that I can make some affiliate videos and kind of walk away. And those are, you know, ranked in search. So I'm just going to make a bunch of those, walk away and not even have to upload to YouTube anymore. Like some people will do, you know, that sort of thing as well. So I think that like the reason that people do it is kind of irrelevant um, in terms of if it's because of passion or because they're trying to make money or because they're trying to get famous or because they have a message or, you know, something they're trying to share, like whatever their particular reason is. I don't think there's a wrong one. Um, you know, like a lot of people will kind of demonize. Well, if you're on YouTube for money, then, you know, you're, you're doing the wrong thing. No, you're not. That's just, you know, that's just like saying, hey, if you eat you know, at a certain restaurant, you're doing the wrong thing. No, you're not. It's just a preference. It's it's that person's, you know, point of view. So I, I think that one of the um, one of the things that that are wrapped around the passion side of YouTube is I think that from a I don't know if PR is the right way to say it, but from like YouTube's perspective, wrapping the passion thing around uh, YouTube kind of makes it comfortable and makes it seem like, uh, you know, hey, if you're uploading, you know, videos to YouTube, you're sharing your stuff with the world and all of that stuff, which is true. But I don't think that it's a necessary component for like YouTube success. I don't think it's a necessary component um, for happiness or, you know, anything uh, like that. I mean, if you are passionate about it, then, of course, it makes everything better because you, you become over time completely immersed in the communities around, you know, the type of content that you make. So that passion um, will will make your life better if you can tap into it. But, you know, for some people, you know, that it's not even a necessary part of life even to do things that they're passionate about. They just do what they do and they're totally cool with that. So I think that's a really personal um, experience for different content creators. But if you can lean on the passion side, if you can find that thing, then I, I you know, you definitely want to try to tap into that if possible because it makes everything just completely awesome. That is a great uh, and a very interesting take uh, on that subject. So obviously now you've 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 been around for a while and obviously dealt with a ton of different creators. Uh, just out of interest, like what do you think are the biggest mistakes you know people who start on the platform make? Not knowing what they want out of it, um, not knowing what they want out of it, and not knowing who it is that they're making content for. Um, I understand, like as a content creator, sometimes people will just kind of dip their toes in, and they're like, "Hey, let me just upload some videos about stuff that I know or things that I enjoy doing or whatever it happens to be, and just kind of see how it goes." But I think that's the wrong approach because, just like with anything else, like if you approach it in a serious way, then the chances of you getting results are going to be much higher. Instead of just kind of winging it and saying, okay, well, I'm just going to upload videos and I hope it works out um, because, you know, it's something that, you know, I'm going to tell myself that I'm not taking seriously. Then in that situation, I think you're you're limiting yourself. And I think that you are doing that for the sake of um, fear of failure in terms of, okay, 
it's hard to grow on YouTube. So I'm going to tell myself that I'm not, not going to take it seriously so that if I fail, that it's okay because I'm not taking it seriously. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're uploading content on a regular basis, if you like it or not, you're taking it seriously. So because of that, I think that you should approach it in a serious way and you should know what it is that you're that you're actually wanting out of the YouTube channel. Like, are you trying to get YouTube famous? Are you trying to just connect with other people that are into the things that you are? Are you trying to generate revenue from it? Are you trying to uh, build yourself as an authority in a particular industry? Are you trying to drive traffic to your website or your business? Like specifically detail exactly what it is that you're that you're trying to do with your YouTube channel for the sake of knowing, you know, the decisions that you need to make in order to make it happen. Because the the faster that you come to the conclusion of what it is that you're trying to accomplish, the faster you're going to be able to accomplish that thing because all of the decisions that you make around your YouTube channel are then going to be directed to that goal that you're trying to accomplish instead of you just kind of walking through the whole thing and then, you know, just kind of hoping that it works out. Um, if I would have started my channel originally with an understanding of, you know, what I was doing and what I was trying to accomplish, you know, the approach that I was taking would have been completely different. I mean, I did in a way because I knew I was trying to generate emails. So because of that, all the videos, you know, had opt-ins and I was trying to drive people to that opt-in. So, you know, I, I, I loosely had it. I just didn't fully understand the potential <laughs> of, uh, of YouTube at that time. But, you know, when you are, you know, when you're coming on the platform, I think that when you know, you know, what it is that you're actually trying to accomplish, it'll, it'll really help. Of course, be flexible because, you know, as you guys know, tons of opportunities come from YouTube. Things that you would, that you've never expected would happen to you um, will happen, you know, because you have a YouTube channel. Like as an example, I never expected to, um, to be on stages, you know, sharing information uh, about YouTube. That was never in my plan. Consulting was never in my plan. I've been to, uh, like people have taken me to other countries. Like I went to, I've been to Armenia twice um, to do like a, a training, like a week long training, an intensive, uh, like, uh, it was like six hours a day training in Armenia to, uh, basically it was a, a media organization brought me over there, um, to train, uh, 20 Armenian kids how to do, uh, YouTube over there. So, you know, little things like that to where it's like, you know, just these side things happen as well. So you got to be open to them. But, um, but when you, uh, when you understand what it is that you want, then it helps you make sure that you are making the right decisions along the way. Even, the collaborations that you take, the sponsorships that you take, the things that you promote as an affiliate, if you do that sort of thing, even the, down to the content that you make. And when you know what it is that you want to make, that also helps you define who it is that you're making it for. And when you know who it is that you're making the content for and you know who it is that you or, or you know what it is that you're trying to accomplish in that situation, then you, then you can tweak everything in order to make sure that you're serving your goals and you're serving that particular audience, which makes for a perfect storm for YouTube success. Super interesting. I mean, it's it's one of those things that um, you know, we everyone sort of has this sort of different reason to getting onto the platform. Um, but you do see these the common mistakes, and you're absolutely right. One of those things we always see is that you ask, oh, you know, well, why are you doing this? And you're like, oh, yeah, we want to get you know a big channel, get subs and views. I'm like, but but why? And they're like, uh, right, uh, I don't know what else to say, man. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a really fascinating. Area. But once people get focused like everything happens so much faster for them. Yes. It's, it's, it, it, it is you know, interesting. And, and that's one of the things that, um, that was the biggest hurdle, um, that people would have like, um, like, uh, like when I was focused on consulting, when that was like a major part of what I was doing, the, the, like the biggest changes that would happen on channels would simply come from defining what it is that people are trying to do, uh, with the channel and then catering all of the things that are happening on the channel towards that particular goal that they're trying to accomplish. And I mean, it sounds easy 
And it really kind of is because then when you, you know, when you define these things and it's the thing that people won't do, um, or a lot of people don't do, I should say, but when you define these things, it just makes every part of the process a thousand times easier because you know what it is that you're after and you know why you're making the decisions that you're making for your, uh, for your channel. You, you give a lot of people advice, like, you know, your channel, your, your content is all about helping people, um, on YouTube and do you find that people then are asking the wrong questions a lot of the time? Like, Oh yeah. Without question, you know, um, uh, you know, how do I get subscribers? I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, it's a good question if you're getting started, but you know, the more important thing, like you should switch that around instead of thinking, you know, how do I get more subscribers? You should be thinking, how can I add more value to the people that are watching my videos? Because if you change it to that way, then you're looking at yourself because when you're, when you're thinking, okay, how do I get more subscribers on the channel? A lot of times people are thinking, okay, where am I going to share my content to where people are going to subscribe to it? Um, you know, what word can I say in my videos in order to get people to subscribe to it? People are looking for that quick hit in order to fix it. But all there you is, have to that, do that, is... That, that one word, but we can't. You don't, you the what? The you, you don't know the word? Oh, the word is uh, Bartholomew. That's the word. Yeah. You, yeah, you add that. Just add that to your videos and it works like a charm. You're just going to explode. You can just say it passively. You know, like as you're talking about Bartholomew something else, it's just going to like come out. And then all of a sudden there's, it's a mental trigger and people are just going to start subscribing like crazy. No, I'm just kidding. It's a glitch in the AI. In the, in the, in the robot. I bet there's someone oh, in the back oh, end of YouTube who's like, subscribers. maybe stumble onto our secret. You're going to change the camera. Yep. That was it. That's all you need to know, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to YouTube success. Sorry, <laughs> right, sorry. Right. I derailed you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, that people are looking for those like low level things instead of turning it around and thinking, you know, like I'm, I'm making content like people are like I'm making content for an audience like a, a, a friend of mine said they say. If you're making, um, if you're making, if like if you're doing everything it is that you want on YouTube, then if, if you're the only person that's watching that, then don't complain about it, because it's important that that when you are uploading videos to YouTube, that you are thinking that you're making content for other people to enjoy and for other people to watch and to interact with and things like that. And because of that, you have to approach it in that manner and make sure that you're you know doing the things in order to get them to respond. And at the core of that, it's adding some type of value to the people that are, that are watching your content. So instead of thinking, how do I get more subscribers? Just think, how can I add more value to the people that are watching my videos? And the, the better you get at that, then the subscribers are just going to be a default thing that happens because you're adding value to the people that are watching your videos. When you're thinking, how do I get more views? Same thing. How do I add more value to the people that are watching my videos? I mean, of course, you know, you got to make sure you're doing your titles and thumbnails and, you know, all the, all of that stuff. But, you know, in terms of getting more views on your channel, if you're adding, you know, tons of value to the people that are watching video A, then the likelihood of those people coming back and watching video B is going to be extremely high. So because of that, you know, instead of thinking, how do I get views and subscribers? Just think, how can I add more value to the people that are watching my videos? How can I make them laugh more? How can I make them learn more? How can I change the way that they think about things? How can I, you know, inspire people through the content that I'm making? Things like that. And the better you get at all of that, then the the easier it's going to be to grow your channel. There are a lot of people online giving YouTube advice. Some are good, some are bad. Um, as you probably know, um, we've had some other good ones on, on the show, I'd, I'd like to think. But um, like, in terms of the advice you give, what, what do you think is like your like your area, the area that you love the most to, to talk about, or you think you have something especially good to offer. I mean, yeah, you do a lot of good stuff generally, but like, is there one thing you really love talking about in the process? Um, one thing that I, that I really enjoy with my content is um, the hope aspect. And what I mean by that is I, I try to sprinkle um, 
um, I try to sprinkle into my content um, hope and motivation and inspiration. So yes, I might be telling people how to, you know, properly set up your YouTube channel or how to make a thumbnail and things like that. But I also try to mix in um, inspiration because I know through personal experience, I know that as a content creator, a lot of us do this alone. A lot of us will, um, you know, especially when you're first starting out, it's a, it's a solo adventure. Some people are even afraid to go on camera in the first place, so it can be scary for people. Like there's a lot of stuff going on there. So one of the main things that I try to do with my content that I try to sprinkle into the information is I bring them in for, you know, the help stuff, but then I, you know, trick them with that stuff and then I give them, you know, some inspiration. Um, but, you know, it, it's for the sake of making sure that, the people that are watching the videos, or at least some of the people, keep going. Because, you know, as you guys know, when you are starting a YouTube channel, you know, there's a huge learning curve that you have to go through if you don't have previous life experience that you can bring to the platform. And it can be daunting. It can be intimidating. It can be frustrating. You know, you can look at a, at, at your thumbnail, and your thumbnails just look like garbage. And then you look at, you know, all the creators that are being presented to you on YouTube, and you're like, wow, these look great. Why can't my stuff look like that? And, you know, it starts, you know, creating those feelings of like, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to make it, you know, that sort of thing. But if you like hang in there and you go through the process of learning, um, you know, how to do, you know, how to make good thumbnails, how to write titles, how to put your content together in a way that your audience responds to it. If you go through that process and you hang in there and you keep learning and you keep applying what it is that you learn, then it's it's an inevitable process that your channel will start doing better. Now, how much better is going to be based on, you know, your dedication to making it happen and your your ability, I won't say your ability, but your dedication to um, developing additional skills. However, I don't want you to quit. <laughs> so because of that, um, you know, I try to sprinkle in, you know, some of that, uh, you know, additional, you know, motivational, inspirational, you know, hope type of uh, uh, information into some of my content for the sake of keeping people going. Because, you know, I don't want somebody to quit six months in or one year in when their channel might take off in, um, you know, 14 months instead of 12 or, you know, or, or two years instead of, instead of one year. Um, you know, part of my journey that I explained earlier was, you know, I started my channel and it, and it took me, you know, a while to get to you know, just 150 subscribers. And the thing that lit my fire for YouTube, and this is kind of why I, I do that sort of thing in my content. But the thing that lit for my fire on YouTube was that guy that I was talking about before, uh, when he reached out to me and he was like, you're really good at this. Your quality is good. I think you have a chance here. In my brain, that that hit a switch for me to where it went from like, hey, I'm just uploading videos to YouTube. I hope this works out to like, wow, this person that has experience actually sees something in me that I currently don't see. And it gave me a ton of confidence in terms of saying like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to hunker down here. I'm going to learn everything that I possibly can about this. And I'm going to figure out how to make this work. And I think that, you know, uh, uh, because of that is why I try to, you know, add that sort of thing to my content. Is it kind of like a everyone, you know, there's that saying, everyone's got a, a book in them, right? Like a good book in them. Do you think everyone's got a, is everyone's got a good YouTube channel or a good YouTube video in them? I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, and it depends on good. Like um, in terms of good, you know, there's, there's good in terms of the perception of, well, it's only good if it's viral. And then there's also good in terms of, you know, like, well, Hey, this, this, this looks great. It sounds great. The presentation's great. And the audience responded to it in a positive way, um, which is also good. So in terms of the second one, 
Absolutely. In terms of virality, no, absolutely not. Everybody does not have that in them. Um, but in terms of making a good video and being able to grow a community and all of that, um, I definitely think that uh, most, if not all people, uh, have the uh, have the ability to do that because it's a process. You know, it, it's a process. The, the biggest hurdle that people have um, in my opinion, is the actual on-camera stuff. Like if you're on camera, if you're doing animations and, you know, things of that nature, um, then, you know, it comes down to your skill set and your ability to tell a story and that sort of thing, which is also a, a huge muscle that you have to develop. But I think that, you know, when it comes to being able to really tap into what what it is that YouTube has to offer, um, I think a lot of people really struggle with, okay, here's me, here's the normal me, and I need to get things to a point to where it's at least at a competitive quality on YouTube in terms of my presentation, how I'm putting videos together and uh, things like that. I think that's the biggest hurdle because it does take time. And if people will dedicate that time, then yes, I think that people can uh, then then people can make, you know, awesome stuff that people will respond to. But it might take time. Some people will be able to, to cut that learning curve down to, you know, six months. Other people, it'll take them five years in order to cut through that learning curve just based on, you know, other things happening in their lives or, you know, how serious they're taking, what it is that they're doing and things like that. You talked about on, on-screen presences, obviously, is a big thing um, or developmental personalities is a, is a huge thing. Do you ever give any, like, specific tips around that? Or do you think is that some real winning tips? Like, these are the, like, core things you can do to actually make it work? Absolutely. Um, so when it comes to actually presenting on camera, um, I always recommend to people, if possible, that you add just a tad bit more energy. I don't mean that you have to be, you know, over the top or that you have to be obnoxious or that you have to be, you know, one of those people where people click it and you're like screaming at the camera and that sort of thing, kind of like I do. But you you should bring your your energy level up just a tad more than you typically do, even if you're making content where you're just a chill person and you're just communicating naturally. Um, still bring it up just a tad because the camera does take away some of your energy. Like how people say the camera adds 10 pounds, which is not true. It depends on the lens that you use. It can take off 10 pounds too. But, um, uh, you know, that does apply to the energy that you're bringing. The camera does take away some of that energy. So because of that, raising your energy levels up just a tad um, can make a big difference. If you are on camera, looking at the lens and continually looking at the lens also is a, a major thing because if you're looking all over the place, then it's kind of like a lack of confidence, right? So if you are just, you know, looking at the camera, you know, occasional glances off and that sort of thing is fine. But if you're primarily just looking at the lens, not the viewfinder or anything like that, um, it makes it easier because then you're directly communicating with the people, the, the person that is watching your video, that person that's sitting on a sofa at home looking at their phone, um, that person that's sitting on a bus with headphones in watching your videos, like you're talking to that person directly when you are looking at the camera. Um, in addition to that, um, and, and this one sounds kind of weird, but it's kind of like a process of finding your voice, but also experimenting with how you're actually sharing your content or how you're doing your content. So if you're the type of person that writes scripts, I recommend that you experiment with bullet points. If you're the type of person that does bullet points, I recommend that you experiment with scripts as well because one might bring out a better presentation than the other. Um, when I first started my channel, I, I scripted everything, scripted jokes, I scripted laughs, I scripted everything um, because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Um, over time, I was like, okay, let me try bullet points and see how that comes together. 
as soon as I started doing bullet points um, and I started communicating just how I communicate naturally, but with a little bit more energy Then in that situation. As soon as I started doing that, people started responding to my content better because it improved my presentation because I didn't sound like a robot and I didn't sound scripted. I sounded like a human being that was just talking to another human being. So, you know, based on how it is that you're doing your content, I recommend that you experiment with that sort of thing. Um, and I also recommend that, especially when you're first getting started, that you give yourself a break because there is a process of finding your voice, so to speak, to where you hit that sweet spot, to where you can just turn on a camera and just go for it and do your thing. And it all feels great and it feels natural. And, you know, it can take some time. So because of that, practice with different styles in terms of your communication, practice with different recording styles, because editing can make a huge difference in your presentation. So for example, some people will turn on a camera and they'll try to just one take the entire thing. And over that process of one taking it, maybe they'll have to, you know, start at the beginning a bunch of times, which will create frustration, which people will be able to see on camera. So because of that, you know, you instead of doing the one takes, you might want to try to record in clips. If you typically record in clips and you're getting used to that, maybe you want to try to one take it and see if you, you know, have a better presentation there and then you edit it down that way. But, you know, experimenting with all of those things to see what ends up working best for you because it's not the same for everybody. Um, so experimenting with those things to see what works best for you um, is definitely a win. Nick, speaking of energy and presentation, you do these epic live streams um, that go for three hours, three and a half hours. How the hell do you do that? Because <laughs> that is just bringing it, man. Like, and they're like full on productions too. You're like, you know, super chat. You've got a form where people are filling in questions. You're answering stuff. You've got multiple guests coming and going and you just doing it. Like, do, do you like, one, how do you do that? And then do you sleep for like two days after that? Like that? I, no, I, I just love it. I love live streaming. I love doing stuff like this. Like it, like it's just great. Like I, I actually get energy from this. Now, the funny part about those long live streams is our record live stream is about seven and a half hours, I believe. Oh, wow. And um, basically when my brother's in town, because currently because of the situation that's going on in the world, he's actually trapped in Mexico. So he can't get out or he can't come back to Thailand at the moment. Um, so we're not doing our typical studio stream. Um, but typically he'll actually control the camera and then I'll just sit there and be the motor mouth for most of it. And then of course he'll, you know, he talks as well. And we have a lot of banter back and forth, which makes it easier because you're just having a conversation for a long period of time. Um, when I'm doing it solo and I go for, you know, like the three hours, three and a half hours. Um, for me, like I said, I get, I get energy. So when I'm communicating on camera and I'm doing that whole thing, it actually brings me energy. And the only thing that makes me stop is I start losing that energy because I'll stop at like midnight or one in the morning local time. So if I were to start at, you know, let's say noon, then I would probably every single stream of mine would probably be somewhere between like six and eight hours just because, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't uh, lose steam as I, uh, as I went along, but I, I just love it. And I think it's great also because I enjoy being able to go into the form. Um, Cause like you mentioned, you know, in, in my live streams, I answer questions for YouTubers and there's a form that, helps me keep the questions organized. And the awesome thing for me is every time I see a new question, it's kind of like a reset button because then my brain is like, okay, we just solved that problem. Now let's, uh, now let's solve uh, this next problem that we have in front of us. And it just, it just fires me up. And I honestly don't know why, <laughs> but it, it's just one of those things that I pull energy from. It's very impressive. You should, everyone should check them out and just to, to see what I'm talking about. So like, this is like, you hear Nick talking or you're watching now you like, it's like that, but if this, bigger probably um for like three four yeah even longer three hours plus it's it's very impressive i'm always just like wow 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and, and it's fun too, you know, just having fun. And especially when I do the guest streams where I bring on other content creators that are, that are you know, that make a similar type of content that I do. Um, it's, it's awesome in that situation because then you fall back into that conversational thing again to where you're just, you know, you're just having conversations with people. It's like you're just hanging out with a bunch of buddies, um, which makes, you know, for really, uh, you know, really fun stream, really fun conversation. You know what, Nick, we actually have run out of time. But uh, before we go, we do have one final question, but I have to say one thing. Check out nicknimmon.com. It's got a bunch of phenomenal resources for creators there and some other great stuff. But, Ant, I'm going to let you ask this last question because I was like, always... you've got one last thing to say. Yeah. You will throw me under the bus for sure. I, it's always <laughs> got to be Ant. Ant has to I think it. the thing that he had to say was that you get the next question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know about this. Next I'm going to ask this last question. It is a question we ask often. Do you have one, two, or three of your best tips for people starting out on the platform? What would that oh, be? Oh, that question. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I that's great <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, so if you're starting out on the platform, if you're just getting started, um, you want to make sure that you go through the YouTube Creator Academy. It's 100% free. You don't have to spend any money on it, which means that it's free also. <laughs> but you want to make sure that you go through the YouTube Creator Academy. It's put together by YouTube. And the reason you want to go through that is because it's it, it gives you, like they don't go into strategy and, you know, that kind of stuff, but it just gives you a general idea of how to approach the platform, best practices in terms of, you know, like simple things. When you're writing titles, make sure that you put the most important thing towards the front, you know, little details like that, that you need to know as a content creator if you are, you know, wanting to get any traction at all. Um, so definitely make sure that you go through the YouTube Creator Academy too. Get your mind together instead of going on there and just thinking, hey, I'm going to wing it like I talked about earlier in the show. Um, instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to go in here and just kind of see how it goes and maybe it'll work out. Take it seriously from the from the moment that you are planning to go onto YouTube, say, you know what, I'm going to see what I can do with this. I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to learn everything that I possibly can. I'm going to apply. This is huge. I'm going to apply the things that I actually, you know, research and learn. And I'm going to give myself a year, maybe two years before I make any solid decisions on exactly, you know, if I'm, if this is something I'm going to continue to pursue or not, because sometimes, you know, you'll be grinding out for a while and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, and this actually is a common thing on YouTube, all of a sudden, YouTube finds the ideal group of people that would be a fantastic fit for your content, and then your channel just starts taking off out of nowhere. So dedicate to it and give yourself enough time. Um, the next thing is to watch my videos and, and listen to podcasts like this and, and consume YouTube information because every podcast that you listen to that talks about YouTube, every blog that you read that talks about YouTube, every video that you watch that talks about YouTube, every, you know, audio book or book that you read, like Tube Ritual or YouTube Secrets as an example, like any of the any of the stuff that you're listening to YouTube as you're as you're consuming all that information, things are going into your brain that you might not necessarily realize that you're picking up at that point in time, that you're going to realize that as you're consuming all of this stuff, all of a sudden, you're gonna be like, wow, I actually know like a, a decent amount. I, I'm, I'm making really good choices here because I know what it is that I should be doing when I'm faced with these particular situations. So because of that, make sure that you're immersing yourself in the information around YouTube so that you can get a really deep understanding of what it is that you're doing and so that you can make sure that you're giving yourself the best possible chance on YouTube. Good advice. <laughs> Nick, mate, thank you so much. Um, as Nick said, check out his channel. Check out nicknimmon.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully you'll join us again sometime soon. Um, yeah, I would love to. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate, uh, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the conversation. I appreciate you guys and what it is that you guys do. Um, awesome podcast. I, I actually listened to, um, the last one that I listened to because when we, when we met at VidCon, um, I went and I listened to a bunch of episodes also. And then, um, I recently listened to, I can't remember his name, but he does the uh, guitar content. Oh yeah. And, Dave, uh, Dave. yeah. It, it, and with, uh, with that one, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is good. And it was interesting hearing his story and how much it kind of mirrored mine in terms of him, you know, like just looking into like digital marketing and like that sort of thing. And it kind of led him onto YouTube and how, how common that seems to be for, you know, a lot of content creators. I thought that was a, a pretty interesting thing, but yeah, awesome show. I'm, I'm like super pumped to, uh, you know, have this conversation with you guys and have the opportunity to be here. So thank you guys. Thanks, mate. Uh, you're too kind, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> I can insult you if you'd like. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks, Dave. Create a generation. Look on the mic.